Welcome in everyone again to another episode of Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is episode 81. I'm always amazed when I see the episode numbers that we've made it this long. Um, but uh, I'm Jim and I'm uh, joined as always by Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Are you as amazed we're at 81 as I am? Um, that made me kind of sad when you were like, I'm amazed we made it this far. But I get I get what you're saying. Um, I'm grateful. I'll say I'm grateful. Well, uh, you know, I, my thought is when we started this again during the pandemic, we were kind of like, well, as long as time allows and, you know, we thought there would be a time when the pandemic came to an end, which, yeah, I guess we're still waiting for that, too, but um, where time wouldn't allow anymore. But so far, so good. We've been able to more weeks than not do this. So, And we're glad you're with us again uh, to hear, and I was going to say to chat about pro wrestling. I guess you can talk to us if you want on the, uh, while you're listening to us on your phone or iPod or whatever it is you listen to us on. But uh, I can't believe you said that, you idiot. <laughs> Oh, I don't doubt that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but also feel free to to leave comments, uh, send us messages on social media, whatever. If there's something, I've been meaning to say this the last few weeks too, whoever's listening to this, uh, if there are things you want us to talk about, you think would be interesting for us to talk about, like leave us a message on Twitter or on Facebook or something and let us know what you want to hear. We're, we're always open to suggestions. So um, we've obviously got a busy next few weeks of wrestling things as we go into the craziest wrestling season of the year. Uh, but leave us, leave us ideas. If you've got any, if you're like, Hey, I'd really like to hear you talk about this. Like we're, we're open to suggestions. Um, we also are open to doing head to head competitions. And uh, we did for revolution last week, 11 matches uh, that we picked and we both went eight and three on the matches. So I don't have the totals in front of me, but it keeps me one match ahead of you. I know that. Yeah, uh, 22 and 7 for you, 21 and 8 for me. So there we are on that. So when we get to our next picks, which <laughs> is uh, going to be either a loaded one show or maybe we'll record two shows and release them back-to-back days or I don't know. We haven't really fully fleshed that out. But uh, we know we have four shows to pick over WrestleMania weekend. ROH, Supercard of Honor, NXT Stand and Deliver, which we'll talk about in a little while. And then WrestleMania, which we don't currently have on the docket to talk about, but uh, I think we'll have plenty of time to talk about WrestleMania over the next few weeks. So, <clears throat> um, so that might be a, whoo, that's going to be a long show. Um, but and well, uh, just just real quick before we just get into the the main like kind of entree for the day, which is not yeah. WWE specific, have you been watching a lot of WWE television lately at all? Yes or no? I've tried to watch more. I always during WrestleMania season, I always try to watch more. So I have seen more than I usually do. What's okay. your... Uh... So, so yeah. So, my, my, my purpose in asking that is, are mm-hmm. you noting, or are you, are you seeing or feeling the way I'm feeling in that, like, they're making, like, getting on WrestleMania, like, as being more of a thing for people? Like, I know WrestleMania is the granddaddy of them all, or whatever you want to call it, um, whatever tagline they want to assign it to this year for marketing purposes. But it seems like, you know, and this is, I'm, I'm using Raw this week as a point of reference. Everybody wants to be on WrestleMania or their WrestleMania spot is up for grabs. I feel like that seems like it's a newer shift in terms of like what they're talking about, maybe more than years past. And granted, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe, maybe this is the way it happens every year and it just feels because it's such a concerted effort in the narrative that they're having talent speak into any thoughts on that yeah i think they definitely are which is interesting because in years past 
maybe not the last two, just because of the craziness we've been through and the way they've had to book them. Um, but in years past, like everybody got on WrestleMania because you had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. You had the uh, the Women's Battle Royal, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal, because they stopped calling it the Moolah uh, before it ever started. Um, <clears throat> so that's a good good point. And they have made it a bigger deal, which I think I said has been interesting in that everybody got on it before. So it's like, I don't know, is it that big of a deal to make it to WrestleMania? Um, maybe they're not doing the Battle Royals. They haven't announced them yet. Or maybe they're going to do them. I think last year they did them, maybe both or one of them, on the SmackDown before. Because um, they had WrestleMania SmackDown with the extra matches they couldn't fit, I guess, on the card. Um, I, I kind of assume they're going to do that again as far as that SmackDown being kind of WrestleMania matches. Um, so maybe they're going to do them there. I don't know. They haven't, like I said, they haven't even talked about the Battle Royals. So maybe that is... And I think it's been interesting because one, one of the things I'm loving is like Seth Rollins. Like now he doesn't have a path to WrestleMania. I'm like, Seth Rollins has been one of your most pushed characters all year. Of course he's going to be on WrestleMania. Like, so I guess it, it's a little more interesting if you're doing it like, like when Chad Gable made the comment a couple of weeks ago, you know, you've made evented WrestleManias. I haven't even been on WrestleMania. Like that was a more interesting, compelling thing to me because Gable wants to get to that level. Um, Seth Rollins and even Kevin Owens, although he's been left off mania before. Um, like, and I guess for me in those cases, it was more of a, of course they're going to be on mania. Like I, I'm curious to see what Rollins does at mania. I think, you know, is it Cody? Is it something else? Um, he certainly had a very, I'm wondering if we're going to see a character shift because he went a little catatonic on Monday. Um, and, I don't know. I'm curious. I am curious to see where that goes. So kudos, WB. You made me care um, about Seth. Uh, we kind of knew where Kevin Owens was headed for a while now. Um, but yeah, and, and even Riddle and Orton, we're going to WrestleMania um, when they when they won the titles on Monday night. Um, spoiler alert if you hadn't seen that yet, Tom. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, it has been interesting. And um, different. So I got to give them that they're trying something a little bit different in their booking with it. Um, and maybe it's, it, it would be funny if somebody made the comment, I don't know who you'd have do it. The Miz feels the most likely, although it doesn't work because of his storyline. Um, trying to think who's like the snarky person that could say it. Um, but it would be interesting if somebody said like, we're working so hard to get on WrestleMania because you got all these part-timers and celebrities taking half the flipping spots on WrestleMania. So there aren't as many for us. Um, but that's just. You but they're in. They're in line would just be the setup for that match, you know. <laughs> right. Johnny, Johnny Knoxville versus insert wrestler here. <laughs> right. I mean, Knoxville's on that card. Logan Paul's on that card. Rousey came back. Um, Edge is always back for Mania, so I guess you don't count that really. Uh, Shots fired at Ronda Rousey, Rousey, Jim. Way to go. I mean, let's be honest. She hadn't been around <laughs> for a couple years, so she did have a kid. I mean, let's give her that. But, um, yeah. I, okay. Um, there's a, there's a lot of spots that are being taken by people that haven't been regularly featured over the last 12 months. Uh, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's, I think you're very uh, wise noting that Tom and, and astute in catching it. Um, all we need to do is capture that sound bite there. You are very wise and very astute. <laughs> and that's all that needs I'm to be I'm just going to capture that and <laughs> play it back every time I'm like, well, Tom, I don't agree with you, Tom. You were very wise and astute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Uh, well, let's talk about something else that uh, was a positive, I think, uh, and that's AEW Revolution. Uh, I got to watch it live on, on Sunday night, uh, although I watched the main event on Monday morning uh, because by one negative probably for the show, five hours with the buy-in is just too much on a Sunday night. Um, it's not, it's getting close to being too much on a Saturday night too, frankly, five hours, a really long show when you're counting the buy-in, um, tighten it up, Tony. I know you want everybody on the show, but you still could have had a whole nother three hour pay-per-view with all the guys you didn't have on the show, guys and gals you didn't have on the show. So it's going to be a problem. Just work with it. That's all I'm asking. Uh, Tom, you got to see it on Monday. Um, and you were able to stay spoiler free. Is that correct? I was absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I got really nervous because I hadn't purchased the show until Monday morning and cause I wanted to try to do it through fight. Were you I able wa- to? I was curious. I, wa- I, I was not, no, it was not available. It, you know, around nine 30 AM Monday morning, it was not available. So I said, okay, since it's not available yet. And I think it becomes available later. I don't, I don't know the specific like, time range that it goes from international only to, and, and again, I haven't looked back this week because I, I haven't had a need to verify that it is or right. isn't available because I already I'm own it. I'm on my phone to see now. Yeah. So, um, so I used BR Live's new app, new and improved app, according to Excalibur, um, which was weird because I literally used BR Live, I want to say, for the last pay-per-view, and I had created an account and had a login, and now that information didn't allow me to log in. So I kind of had to re reset the BR information. And I was just nervous. I think I may have had that problem too now that you say that. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone. I wouldn't be surprised if I was alone because sometimes that happens, uh, but I'm glad it wasn't just me. Uh, But I I get nervous uh, when that type of thing has to happen, not the resetting of credentials, but accessing a site that's hosting an event that you don't want to catch a spoiler by accident. Right. Like I didn't know what their website was like. So like, I literally was like, you know, pulling it up and like holding my hand up, trying to cover the screen, you know, out of my, out of my, out of my view. Um, so yeah, so I was able to do that and um, it actually worked really well. I, I had the app on my phone, downloaded it on my phone, and then I was able to cast the event from my phone to a smart TV and it was flawless. It was great picture quality, high def, no glitches. My internet worked great that day. So there's no buffering issues whatsoever. So yeah, so more than you asked a, but I wanted to add that context because I thought that was important to the story. Well, and you talked about those issues last time uh, in the in the past, so I did. I was curious. I did want to did want to hear that. And I know our friend Johnny had problems um, similar to what you had last time. Uh, I think he was trying from his phone to cast it, um, and then he found too, like you had last time, that if he plugged an HDMI straight into the TV, it worked fine. Um, so he did that. Uh, I I had the BR app on my Roku, uh, and it. I had no problems, zero problems uh, throughout the night. I didn't didn't watch the buy-in. I think I flipped the buy-in on about halfway through the trios match, and then I went back the next day as well and saw the full trios match. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but, uh, yeah, from that point forward, zero, zero issues. Um, when I pulled it back up the next morning uh, to watch the main event, I was able to fast-forward right to where I had left off. Um, I made note of what time it was when I left off so that I could uh, get back to that time time stamp. And I pretty much hit it dead on and was able to watch that main event uh, as well. Uh, I meant to pull up the results, but I know on the buy-in we had uh, you and I both missed the Layla Hirsch-Chris Statlander match. Good for Hirsch. Um, she's one of those people that I just, I like Hirsch a lot, but I don't know where they're going with her. Like, 
Well, and I think so, you know, I, I know we might be bleeding in and out of talking revolution and talking dynamite because yeah. it's been a busy week for impact. In, <laughs> impact? What? Wow. <laughs> hey, uh, what was hey, that? I don't know. AEW. Maybe I was thinking about making an impact. Did, I don't know. Did Tony Khan buy another company? <laughs> super, super big verbal faux pas there. Uh, I, so, again, based on what happened here and then based on how things played out later in the week, very interesting in the decision. I understand it. It makes sense. And you can, you, it's kind of like you can go back and go, oh, okay, now the breadcrumbs that I saw make more sense. True. And yes, the way that they then booked Dynamite, having her in the, um, be the number one contender versus Rose in the number two um, made sense. Uh, coincidentally, I had not named this show yet. It was Monkey Title to be Determined was what I had put on the original. Uh, I just named it Monkey's Impact, question mark. Um, so there we go. We've got a title for the show. Um, thank you, Tom. I knew I knew we'd come up with one throughout the, the course of the show and we one of us said something. Um, yeah, so Hirsch uh, gets that win, which is good for Hirsch. I'm, I'm glad to see, excuse me while I knock my ring on the table here and make loud noises. Um, glad to see her get a win. Hook over QT was exactly what you and I figured hook over QT would be fine. Dandy the trios match was fun. That was really fun. Uh, and, and the, uh, the house of black gets the win, which, which makes sense. I was glad that, uh, it took a lot to take Redbeard down. They pretty much had to hit him with everything in the you know kitchen sink. Um, no follow-up with Redbeard on Wednesday, really no follow-up on that story. Oh no, that, well, the one thing I will say about that trio's match, and it does follow through on Dynamite, uh, Alex Abrahantes, stop. What, whatever this Baron Von Raschke look you're doing thing is um, from the Powers of Pain back in the day, the Baron, I'm sorry. I, that, I'm sorry. I, it's funny. I can take Penta being the character he is and Ray Phoenix, luchadors in general, because they're luchadors. I understand the tradition, all of that. Alex doing this character is just dumb to me. I don't know. Does Does it... Does it bother you at all, Tom, or you just kind of ignore him, or do you love it? I don't love it. Uh, I it's it's hokey, um, but it's whatever. Like I, and, and not everything's for everyone, and I get that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, I'm sure. Um, and so, if somebody is loving it, by all means, love it, please. But yeah, yeah, I'm not. I, I I get Penta went to dark Penta Oscaro or Osero or however you say it. Um, Oscuro. Oscuro. Um, but I don't need Alex Oscuro too, or whatever in the world he's doing. Because um, it does, his does not come off authentic. Penta is able to make it authentic, if that makes sense. And Alex, yeah, not authentic. But the trio's match was fun. Buddy Murphy, uh, or Buddy Matthews, excuse me, using his old name there. Um, how good is that guy? I, I can't wait. I, I hope he doesn't become, and I don't think he will. But I hope he doesn't become like the guy who always has to take the fall for the House of Black. Um, keep all three of those guys strong. And maybe don't add anymore. I'm actually okay with just a trio. Like, if they want to add a fourth fine or if they want to add a female into the group, I, you know, that could work. I know they had teased some stuff with Julia Hart a while back, um, which seems to have just kind of been dropped. I, I haven't. I, they could bring it back at some point, but we'll see. Uh, but that was really fun. Then we hit into the... Uh, the main card, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Uh, Tom, what do you think of Jericho and, and Kingston? 
I loved it, man. I, I, when it started, I was like, sweet, we're getting off to a hot start. And then it actually exceeded my expectations. I thought this was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. It was very, uh, almost Japan style, just strikes and big suplexes and just beating the tar out of each other. Um, I loved that there was a submission finish. So there was no like fluky roll up or anything like that. That was my one gripe about it only because I didn't think it was, it didn't seem as, we're going to stick with the theme, impactful as, you know, (laughs) I I felt like like even though Kingston was worn down, I, I felt like it wasn't like the execution of that maneuver. And I don't know enough about the stretch plum, I guess, as it is. So maybe that is how it's done. But it just didn't feel like it was wrenched in on Jericho. The other piece I, I did think about the the move in general, the stretch plum. I, I wish I don't think Kingston has used it to win any matches in AEW. I don't it doesn't I don't remember him doing it anyways if he did. Uh, and that was kind of one thought I had was it would be would have been nice if they would have established that as a finish uh for him, even a couple of times, even as a a trick he has in his bag kind of thing, or a, you know, is that yeah, I think that's the right way to say that. Um, so that was part of it. But I like the the story that they told of Jericho had to submit. So there's no way he could get out of saying Kingston was the better man, then still couldn't shake his hand. And then the angle they did on Wednesday, let's bounce to that really quick here with this story, um, I thought was, was really well done. Um, I didn't trust Jericho for a minute, even when they were shaking hands. And I don't know. I don't know how you saw it, but well, so I'll so I'll say this: as 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 much as I kind of critiqued their first kind of verbal battle, this this completely was the opposite of that. Like this was a hundred percent money, and they and 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 again, I don't like maybe hitting a promo and hitting your mark is like you know what you're expected to do, but to me, this whole segment and the way the verbal back and forth happened was them hitting their mark. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought that the Kingston talking about how it wasn't a Kingston problem, it was a Jericho problem. And, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I thought the whole thing was really well done. I I saw the turn coming from a mile away, frankly. I didn't believe that Jericho was, you know, on the up and up. And I don't know if you caught it, but when 2.0 and uh, Garcia came down, they very gingerly set Jericho on the ground. And even when they ran over to him, I think one of them did put a knee on him at one point, but there were no actual strikes thrown at Jericho. There were no throws on Jericho. So I honestly, while I was watching it, I'm like, they're with Jericho. Um, and so and again, thought, isn't, isn't the inner circle supposed to never break up? Yeah. Well, and, that's done now, I guess. <laughs> well, so yeah. So I, yeah. Cause we've, we've got the JAS, the Jericho appreciation society. <laughs> Which I don't know if I love that name. Uh, for the group, but uh, it'll grow on me, I guess. Maybe I probably didn't love Inner Circle when it started either um, as a name, and, and that has worked. I, I hated the name Undisputed Era um, when that, I think we even talked about it um, at some point here. Uh, so, you know, names grow on me after a while. So maybe a Jericho Appreciation Society will be a thing. When Hager came down, I figured he was with him. Um, the, the one thing... Never mind. Nope. I was going to say something. It's totally wrong. I was confusing two angles. Forget everything I was just about to say. Um, <laughs> there was no one thing. Uh, this was well done. Very well done. 
obviously we're we're going to go to some you know six man and maybe more matches uh, with Kingston and Proud and Powerful you know against Garcia and 2.0 and Jericho in some format Hager comes in and out as needed I guess um, I probably could have done without Hager I probably could it just would have been the four in the group that would have been fine with me but they really want him you know keep Hager around it seems so that's fine whatever he just doesn't do a whole lot for me I used to really like him as Jack Swagger and lately and maybe it's because they haven't really booked him to be important um, that that he just hasn't really clicked for me uh, but this is good I'm glad to see it's it's moving on I like stories AEW occasionally gets into this rut of they run a, a story up to a pay-per-view which granted they only run four pay-per-views um, but then we only get that match and then we we just forget it ever happened Kingston Punk is a an example of that. Um, so I'm glad to see this story is going to continue. I think it's great. I, I think it will get um, Proud and Powerful more oomph behind them as well in a just stacked tag division. So I think that's good. I think it gives Garcia and uh, 2.0 something more to do um, than just be kind of the jobbers to the stars that they had been before. And I'm the only thing I'm a little disappointed in is it probably means if we're going to get an actual faction with Danielson and Moxley beyond just the team, which I'm not hundred percent convinced of yet. Um, we talk about that as we get to those points here later is that Garcia isn't seemingly isn't going to be a part of that, um, which I think he would have fit really well in there. But um, the, I do think Garcia becomes the number two in that group very quickly. Um, the Jericho appreciation society. And I think when you need guys to take the falls 2.0 or, are perfect foils for that. So hopefully this can help elevate Daniel Garcia, which I am a, a proponent of. And I know you for fantasy wrestling league purposes are definitely a proponent of as well. And as a fan of his, cause I know you do like Garcia a lot. 2.0. Yeah. Well, you know, good for them. I mean, good for them. I, they've never really clicked for me, but good for them. They've hung in there a long time in the business and now they're getting their biggest um, push to date. So good for them. Let's not make them tag champs though, please. Uh, speaking of tag champs, the world tag title match, the three-way Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, uh, as we predicted, defend uh, over the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. I don't know what I was going to call them there for a minute. I was drawing a blank on their name. Um, Undisputed Era. Undis- I, I probably was what I was going to call them. Uh, Red Dragon, which I love that they're using that name again. I think I've said that. Uh, Tom, what do you think of the three-way? Fantastic. Jungle Boy, I, I think I've sung his praises here before and probably won't stop anytime soon, but good golly. He was, again, everyone's in this match is great, but Jungle Boy really stuck out to me as just being on another level, just on another level. And the, and the guy is so young. Um, man, like the, 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 the world is his oyster. Like again, you, so you talk about the four pillars in AEW and those are the right guys to be the pillars. And then when you put the supporting all-star talents around them watch out this the future is bright it's going to take a lot a, a lot to not have things go really well for many of these guys jungle boy being one of them yeah i thought it was a fantastic match i thought it played out just like you and i both assumed it would um have they used that finish before the the, the springboard doomsday it was was that what the finish was I, some sort of flip power bomb yeah Luchasaurus threw one of the guys and like Jungle Boy caught him into a 
sit out powerbomb, I thought. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That that is that's that's one of their finishers too. They did the springboard doomsday on Wednesday. Um oh, that's, right. that's right. Um I want to say they have. I want to okay. say they have it just looked great. So well, I was like, do that more. Again, and so like the timing of, of that, as well as like the timing of the Rana in the corner to the German suplex that Jungle Boy hit was also just again amazing. Um, just amazing. I did think for a split second that Red Dragon was coming out with the belts. There were a couple of the near falls that really gave me that inkling. Uh, and then when it didn't, it, it, again, it was even more like, okay, wow. Yeah. And Annette said, yes, they have used it before. So yeah. You, um, thank you, Annette. Um, that's our research team. Not She's not the crackpot research team. She's a good research team. Those other guys, Tom and Jim, uh, not so great. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, just flipping phenomenal and and i'll be interested to see uh where where the tag titles go you know with jungle boy and luchasaurus moving forward they had a a defense on wednesday which i missed even being announced um so you know sometimes which was another great match and i literally thought the acclaimed were about to win the titles (laughs) i I was i was like i was like this is it they're resetting the whole they're reshuffling the deck tonight and there and then then they they didn't um which i'd like to see the acclaimed get a little more like i'd like to see them not only win on dark like it feels like that's where they win and then they lose on dynamite and rampage for the most part um i'd like to see the acclaimed get a little more oomph um yeah they were the number one contenders but let's be honest again that record is padded on dark and dark elevation which i realize is the point of those shows and and that's fine and records are made up and and everything but Give them some wins on Dynamite and Rampage. That's all I'm asking. Because I kind of like the acclaimed. And I thought Caster had another good rap. I, it's funny. I will fast forward through a lot of entrances. I don't fast forward through the acclaims. I always want to hear what Caster's going to say. Um, partially to see if he's going to get himself in trouble. But <laughs> he, he's he's figured out, I think, a little more how to toe the line and be somewhat controversial without overstepping, you know, into things he shouldn't say. Um, I Yeah, I enjoy... Anthony or uh, Max Caster, excuse me, Anthony Bones, the other one, uh, Max Caster's entrances. So that was a really good tag match. Um, obviously, we're headed towards Red Dragon versus Young Bucks at, at some point. Um, although FTR seems like they're going to be involved in that too because they've got issues with both. They fired Tully Blanchard on Wednesday night, which was a little strange that they just did it in a backstage segment. Like, I feel like that could have gotten a bigger pop out in front of the crowd. That was a little weird. Um, I don't know if maybe Tully needs some time off or something like it. It seemed I didn't feel like it was building to that at all. It just kind of seemed like it came out of left field to me. Did did that strike you that way, Tom? It, to an extent, yes. However, that to me fits kind of that AEW narrative at times where they literally just kind of are moving so quick. Things like that, which could be maybe fleshed out, just go boom and it's and it's done. I mean, they, they, they a lot happened Wednesday. A lot happened on a pay per view, which you'd expect to. But then when you follow it up with a like, there, this might be a little bit of a reach of a of a, of a of a statement I'm going to make. But so much happened on Wednesday that it was kind of like a post WrestleMania Raw. But yeah. it was, well, but yeah. but it was so busy for AEW and so many happenings. It, it it that's the that's the most relevant pro wrestling esque comparison I think I can make. Whether it's whether it's apples to apples or it's you know. Apples to pears. 
Sure. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I thought you were going to go more, more, more different, but, uh, apples to pears. No, apples to pears. You both, you, they both have a, they both have a, um, a stem and you both take a bite out of it. So it's, you know, <laughs> that's true. They are both pro wrestling. Um, so no, I think that's a, that's a good comparison, Tom, because it, it did feel that way. You had, you had some, uh, debuts, you had some, you know, big storyline things going on. Yeah, it did. I, I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're 100% right. I think it did kind of feel that way, which is interesting because I know they try to make all of their pay-per-views seem like major, but I definitely see their four pay-per-views in two camps. I see Double or Nothing and All Out as their their WrestleMania and SummerSlam, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, which is interesting because they're back-to-back. Um, and then I see Revolution and Full Gear as just a step below that, just a step below that. Not, you know, they're not battle of the belts. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, not quite. A- a- April 15th is going to be here, at, at the 16th, actually, which is when I think battle of the belts next is going to happen. They're going to look to spite you, Jim. Watch what you're saying. Is it, that's when they're taping it, though, so we don't even know when it airs. Well, I'm, 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 my guess would be that it, it, they're taping it the 15th. I would guess they're going to air it the next air night. The 16th. Okay, yeah. I, I would hope so. I hope it wouldn't sit in the can for too long. Yeah. You know, they don't, other than dark and dark elevation, they don't tend to do that. So, uh, moving on, the face of the revolution ladder match for the TNT title shot, which did not have a surprise seventh competitor. Uh, and actually, after we had recorded on Friday, uh, Tony Khan said uh, that Christian and Ethan Page would be for the final, sixth and final spot. I, I'll be honest, until the match was happening, I didn't totally believe him uh, because. You know, I thought, well, maybe for once he's actually not going to tell us there's a surprise coming. Uh, but no, Tony always tells us when there's, well, actually, no, because Wednesday night he didn't tell us a surprise was coming. And, and the worst kept secret in wrestling happened. But we'll talk about that when we get to the, the in, involved parties there. Uh, but Wardlow wins the ladder match over Orange Cassidy, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee and Christian Cage. You and I both had Wardlow winning this. I think he's the right guy. Do we want to talk about Wardlow now, or do we want to save it for the MJF Punk? Um, I, I think it fits both ways. I just yeah. it's going to be really interesting. I think to see what happens next. I will say this: I was really impressed with the promo on yes. Wednesday. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There. Um, it's it's interesting yet not that there was no direct MJF follow-up at all i didn't expect it on the pay-per-view i thought we might get something on wednesday i like that it didn't because of where we may go next i don't know i'll have an opinion that i maybe will share here or maybe next week after uh saint patrick's day slam or whatever it's called on wednesday um you make mine now because it'll happen before we record again but but yeah go ahead ahead. yeah no 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 so just just that that what i what i will say is for for the build of the the turn, if we want to call it the turn, if we want to call what he did in, in the Punk and MJF match, the, his turn. And I think they're positioning it that way. I feel like, well, it had to be, because here's the thing. He came out Wednesday and said, I still am under contract, but I just don't care anymore. So, right. And I'm um, not political. And- yeah, yep. So... 
I don't know, could it have had, no pun intended, could it have had more punch? Or more impact? (laughs) (laughs) I I put us down the wrong path today. Uh, Yes. Um, I hear what you're saying. I do. And, but I think they're, they're making us wait for when does Wardlow powerbomb MJF? Um, Because as we've said numerous times, the pop for that is going to be crazy. Um, and I thought the pop for for what he did was good. We'll we'll talk about, about maybe that specific situation when we get to MJF and Punk. Um, he was the right guy to win here, no question. Uh, I thought everybody looked good. Cassidy apparently did get hurt. It sounds like it's not super serious, uh, but he'll be out a little bit, uh, which is a a bummer for me in fantasy wrestling. But uh, you know that he was the only one that got hurt. That bump right at the end that Ricky Starks took for the finish. Uh, from a guy who's been out with neck issues. Hey. Yeah, I, I, I cringed on that. I cringed on the, um, I'm thinking of the, the tornado tornado match. Um, oh, there yes. was there There's, were a number of things I cringed on uh, just um, out of when, fear for others' safety. In this match, when Keith Lee launched Orange Cassidy over the guys that were supposed to catch him, threw him a little, between he and Orange Cassidy, they, they he jumped and they, Keith threw him a little too far um and he went right over the top of the guys that were supposed to catch him and they kind of i'm guessing that might be where the shoulder uh issue came because there was a, a crash and burn there um well, jungle boy had one on wednesday night um he did a, a dive over the top onto the acclaimed and they both just kind of he went right between them um you know not their fault they were trying and they just they kind of missed him and he landed hard and i was just like jeez louise like catch him like whatever you got to do move catch him like even if it looks bad take the look bad over you know crash and burn um yeah there were some crazy bumps here you expect that in a a six-way ladder match um i certainly hope ricky starks is okay it sounds like he is but that was a even the way he just stayed folded which i thought was a cool look um but i was praying was him holding that pose um, and not just that his body wouldn't move because, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, that, he, that he had a stinger. <laughs> right. So, uh, but it doesn't sound like anything like that was the case. Uh, I liked, I thought it made a lot of sense how Wardlow took out Hobbs and Lee uh, when he pushed them off the stage. So now you got rid of two of the the big guys of that match. So I thought it was good. They told a story in that and into how that happened. Uh, yeah, this, this was good. I am firmly on the Wardlow train. Uh, we're going to talk figures in a little while. They revealed another Wardlow figure. I didn't love the first one they put out, so I haven't ordered that one. The second one, I might be getting if it looks a little better because I'm on the Wardlow train. I'm a fan. Um, sign me up for what he's doing. So, And I agree. Uh, John, Our friend John and I had a good conversation earlier in the week, uh, this week, about Wardlow and kind of where they're going with him. And he said, you know, he's concerned is Wardlow ready and I said, you know, they've really protected him for the last three years, really, um, and kept him in very short matches. So I agree. It'll be interesting to see in a longer match, one-on-one, how does he do? I thought he looked good even in his debut, though, with Cody. But, again, Cody was there to lead him through it. Um, but I didn't know how he'd do promo-wise. And, yeah, for for a guy who's young and probably has a lot of room to grow, even in the promo, where he is now, I thought he did very, very well with that. So, 
I'm, I'm right there with you. In fact, after he was done, I literally said out loud, great promo. <laughs> like, nice job, Warden. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we then move into the TBS title match. Uh, Ty Conti versus Jade Cargill. Jade wins and defends the title uh, in her Jade from Mortal Kombat outfit, which, uh, you know, we're not critiquing outfits, but wow. Um, I'll just say wow. Uh, Jade kissed Ty Conti at the beginning of the match, which was, I, I don't fully understand why that happened, but um, except to get in her mind, I guess, play mind games. Yeah, is, it, is that what it is? So, <laughs> uh, it's been often, often uh, screen capped and shared on social media this last week, I've noticed. So, um, bunch of, anyways, bunch of guys who got real excited about it, I guess. So, um, this was fine. It was what, you know, was what it was. I think Jade's coming along. You know, they, they pushed her too soon. We all, we all agree that, but she's got the it factor and I I didn't think anything was atrocious here. Yeah. I don't have much, I don't have much, I don't have much more to say. I mean, again, like, I don't know if you've seen this in the last maybe 24 to 48 hours, but um, Athena, the former Ember Moon is trying to engage or is engaging Jade Cargill on Twitter I guess there's smoke to that fire, if that's the right analogy. Um, so that's cool. Like, you know, because they keep asking who's next, right? So, um, or maybe we'll see if there's smoke to that fire. Whatever. I don't know. Where did that smoke? Where there's smoke, there's fire? Sure. <laughs> we should just put an, an extinguisher on this show. Annette says it was a lip lockup um, at the beginning of the match. So yeah. that it was. Collar and elbow? You know, <laughs> you know, right. Top and bottom lip, I guess. Lock up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> before I have to mark this as anything other than not explicit, let's move on. Um, I, actually, real quick, though, I do have to share this because this actually fits um, in the kissing narrative. Yesterday morning, my wife was leaving for work. She kissed me goodbye. And what and it happened in the kitchen when my son was at the bar eating his breakfast. And he goes, do you use the tongue? <laughs> and we and and in the kiss that this that happened in front of him, there was no tongue involved. But my wife wanted to make a point, and then she came back and fired off a kiss with a tongue at me, on me, right in his face, which which grossed him out. But that's fine. But I just think that it's very interesting. <laughs> Leave it to my ten year old son and his curiosity. Do you yep. kiss with the tongue? Careful what you ask for, kid. You just might see it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> For the record, we don't believe any tongue was used on Sunday night. Um, and if it was, that's between Ty and Jade. We don't need to get into that. That is true. <laughs> um, here we are. The dog collar match. CM Punk over MJF. Uh, MJF does exactly what MJF should do. Punk's music hits, and then it switches into MJF. He's the ultimate heel. Everybody's booing their head off. And I have to admit, when that happened, I thought, well, that's going to be weird because now just punk's music's going to hit. Um, and so it hits twice, and well, that's a little stupid. All right. You know, it works better if it's a promo or something and punk doesn't come out or punk just runs out without his music or something. And then, Tom, <laughs> as soon as the first low bass note hit, I knew what it was. I assume you had that same... Reaction. Yeah, well, between the between the atmosphere with the darkness and the lights and the smoke and then the, and the music, it 
it was, you know, for that, for ring of honor fans who have the history of knowing punk's ring of honor run, it was the perfect dose of nostalgia and it fits the narrative of, the, of this whole issue. So it was great. And basically the same outfit he wore in his dog collar match against Raven, which I had actually watched earlier on Sunday. Um, it was on YouTube ring of honor had released it. Uh, I think months ago, I don't think it was released because of this punk match coming up, but um, I happened to come across it and I was like, Oh, I'm going to watch this. Um, it's been a really long time since I've seen this match. So I watched it. There were certainly callbacks to it within um, within the MJF and Punk match. Punk loves doing that little callbacks to either things he's done or other matches. You know, the Bret Hart one two three kid one with Darby and other matches that I know he's. Uh, I'm going to say imitated, and I don't mean that in any negative way at all, but just uh, paid homage to maybe is a better way to say that. Yeah. Um, certainly, he paid homage back to the Raven <clears throat> uh, dog collar match, which he expected he would. All right. I think most everybody did. This was brutal. It was great. I loved every minute of it. If you didn't think Punk could bleed more on Sunday than he did on Wednesday, you were wrong. (laughs) Right. right. How CM Punk has any blood left in his body, I'm not even sure anymore. Um, And we we did not see Punk on Wednesday, right? Other than seeing the the backstage, backstage promo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so the low turn, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. I, I totally get what you're saying about the uh, impact it could have had. Um, punch it could have had. Again, no pun intended. I liked it, though. Um, when he was doing the, oh, 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 I don't have the ring. Oh, crap, I don't have the ring. Um, which the ring probably wasn't even needed. Punk had already hit the GTS. Um, but, uh, after the way MJF had treated Wardlow on Wednesday, which we talked about last Friday, a week ago, um, I thought it was the perfect, and it was also the perfect, I I kind of liked how Wardlow explained it in that he didn't need to waste his time on anything more with MJF. He just, here's, you know, and I loved his little, when he said, when he found the ring and he went, oops, (laughs) before he said it on the, on the apron, um. It also gives Wardlow the out of he didn't do anything. He didn't cause MJF the match. Um, he just realized, so he said it there so Max could use it. Um, he didn't go that route with it, obviously, but um, gave a little plausible deniability if he needed it. Um, but I thought that the turn was good. But I like that Wardlow did the, the ring thing, and then he left. So you still let Punk have that post-match moment. Um I'm trying to remember. I don't. Did they play Miseria? I can't say it right. But did they play the AFI music after the match too, or did they go? I don't think so. I think it was called the personality. personality. Yeah. Again, I it literally was five less than five days ago, and I can't remember. That's yeah. I I can't remember either. Um, This is getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to old spot monkeys. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, I, I loved everything about it. I don't know what else to say. I loved everything about it. Uh, interesting to me that uh, Punk motioned for the title afterwards. Well, so go back to some of the promos, right? And he said they had to get through each other. He, he MJF had to get through him. He had to get through MJF to, before one of them moved on to, to fighting for the AEW world title. True. 
that was that I, maybe it was late 21 or early 22 where that had come out. Um, so again, whether that's the direct path or whether that's just again long-term storytelling, both work for me. Um, I like I liked that idea. Nice. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, part of me wonders, and let me just go fantasy booking 101 here for a minute. Um, Annette says no. So I think she's saying no, they did not uh, use AFI after the match, um, which you probably didn't need to at that point, because my guess is they're not switching it full time by any means. You know, it's going to stay a uh, cult of personality. Um, and uh, fantasy booking. You know, I could see at double or nothing, Punk win the title. I I don't think Paige needs to keep it. And and I've been on record. We've talked about it before. We'll probably talk about it in the main event. Like, Paige is the champ. I like Paige as a character. Paige is the champ. Just isn't coming together for me. Um, so I'm okay if he loses it at some point here. Um I could see Punk winning it, and then I could see somewhere down the road, probably not all out in Chicago, although, man, if you wanted to do it, that'd be the place to do it. Um, MJF beating Punk for the title, so he gets his ultimate revenge on Punk by being the one who wins the title from him. That's just my fantasy booking. I think I think you could tell a compelling story there, uh, where you keep him apart for a little while, and then when you bring them back together, now it's for the title. Um, I could see it. Uh, let's see. We go to the women's title match yet. DMD, DMD, Rip Baker, DMD. How about that? Uh, beats Thunder Rosa with a whole lot of interference. I maybe could have done without all the overbooking. With all, with that though, it made me think of what that we were getting a title change on on Sunday. Uh, it, it, again, clearly it's setting up for a bigger story. Thunder Rosa defeated Layla Hirsch Wednesday in an Illuminator match. Now that's been made, St. Patrick's Day Slam. Rosa gets the return based on elevating back to number one contendership or the number one spot in the rankings. And now they're basically saying, based on what happened here with all that interference, it's a steel cage match. Before we get into talking about the story of it all or everything else, um, I'm the, the, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the analogy. um, But the, the the no, this is actually what I want to say. The bloom is off the rose for me with Britt Baker. It's it's been a long time coming. Um, and again, I love the character. She's killer on promos. In the ring, she's not where she needs to be. She's absolutely not where she needs to be. And I've and I feel like I've been making um, excuses is the wrong term, but I've kind of just been letting it go. But this, it really hit the wall here for me. And, and 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 maybe that's part of a, a long event. This again, we talked about it when we started. This was a very long event, so much so that you had to watch it in two parts. I watched the first match of the buy-in on Sunday night before I went and did other things and to not be spoiled, finished it Monday and then watched this whole card. But I had the benefit of being able to pause this if I had to get up and run to the restroom or let the dog out or grab lunch or whatever, which I did on Monday. Again, when it's live on pay-per-view and you don't want to miss something, you don't have that ability. Very true. Very true. And, and, and I agree, Britt, she's come a long way. She's gotten better in the ring than when she, first, when she first started, I was like in a, in AEW, especially cause I hadn't seen a lot of her before AEW. I was kind of like, I don't know what all the fuss is about. 
um, character work. She's one of the best characters in AEW. Um, character work is a A plus, but I agree the in ring is not. It, it's not an A plus. It's not a B plus. Um, sometimes she has good matches. Certainly that that lights out match with Thunder Rosa a year ago um, was incredible. Um, she's had some really good ones, but yeah, this was there. Um, I, I agree that the interference was all to set up, obviously, the steel cage on Wednesday, next Wednesday. And to that point, I'm okay with it. Um, I kind of, I think I alluded to last week, I was kind of concerned that Mercedes was going to be, was going to turn on Rosa and that was going to be what, what caused it. I'm glad they didn't go that route at least. Um, just because I don't like people turn, 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 you know, like stay a baby face or a heel for a, a while. Um, and I realize sometimes you do that for a story and they never really were a baby face. They were pretending for a couple of weeks so that you could get the turn. But yeah, I don't always love that story and it didn't happen here. So no reason for me to bemoan that fact. Um, I said to you before we clicked record, and I know you 100% agree. If I if we were doing some sort of a pick'em for St. Patrick's Day Slam or whatever it is next Wednesday, and we had to put confidence points on matches, whatever number we were, is the highest we could put on it, I would put on Thunder Rosa. She's winning that title on Wednesday. Um, I, I also think with Baker, there's no more matches for her. Like, what do you uh, unless you bring in Athena or you bring in Tony Storm or or uh, Tegan Knox, I can't think of her, her previous Nixon Newell. Um, crazy to say, I don't feel like there's a lot left for her. I guess there's Layla Hirsch. Um, she's wrestled Statlander. You could rebuild Statlander, but it's a lot of rematches at this point. Um, Rosa, I think, even though she's had matches with some of those ladies, they haven't been title matches. So I think there's a whole new batch of stories you can tell with Thunder Rosa as the champ. I will say, this is a total aside, if you're talking women's division, where is Ruby Soho? Last I saw her, she was teaming with AQA on one of the darks. And I... What is that? That that, that was my exact thought, so... Like, what is that? Ruby has been awesome every time I've seen her in the ring in AEW. Uh, and, And herein lies, we've talked about this, the you have such a bloated roster that some people are going to get lost in the shuffle that shouldn't. Ruby is one of those people who should not be lost in the shuffle. Look, as far as I'm concerned, send Ruby to ring of honor. Let her be the ring of honor women's champion for a while. And then if you need, you know, when you get that all figured out, use her, um, which by the way, Ruby Soho versus Deanna Prasso. Yes, please. I think I would like to see that. Um, that would be really cool. Uh, Super card of honor. Just saying there's a show in a couple weeks. Um, there's an idea. Uh, but Thunder's winning this belt and, and I think it's time. And I, Thunder Rosa is as far as where she is in the ring. She's there. She is there and she is over like Rover as well. Although Britt Baker is over like Rover too. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm ready for Rosa to win the belt. I was ready for her to win the belt last Sunday, which is why I picked her. And this is the match that you got right. I got wrong. CM Punk and MJF was the match I got right. And you got wrong. Hence the eight and three records um, for us each. Uh, We both missed the Layla Hurst match. We each missed a match here between these two. And then our third miss was. Oh, was yet to come. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was the next match, in fact. John Mox, John Moxley and Brian Danielson 
I feel like I keep saying this tonight or today. I love this match. <laughs> what were your feelings as you watched it, Tom? No, I loved it as well. Um, this this brings up a good point um, about about blood in in AEW, and so so I, there is. But I thought it was well done on Sunday. But I also think that it's, it can be very much. Sometimes they miss when they shouldn't miss. For and I'll give you my example. When Chris Jericho cracked Eddie Kingston in the face with the bat on Wednesday, to me, that would have been the absolute perfect opportunity for blood. And it didn't happen. And I don't know if if that's what, what did or didn't go into that decision or not, or lack of decision. When we got it on Sunday, it made sense. It absolutely had to be part of the dog collar match. And then here, the promo said, I won't team with you unless I bleed with you. And of course... You know, they both they both did mocks a lot more than Danielson. I, poor Danielson, for whatever reason, he just couldn't get the get the juices flowing. <laughs> um, but they both did bleed in the end. So, no, and and you're right. They on Sunday sometimes I think it's been sometimes I think it's probably happened hard way, but sometimes I think it's been used when it hasn't necessarily been needed to be used in AEW. Um, but both matches that it happened on Sunday. It had to literally when that's the story in this one. And like you said, you can't have a dog collar match without blood. Like WWE probably try that, but that, that'd be dumb. I mean, I don't know how you don't lead and steel cage too. It matches all the time too, but uh, alas, you don't. Uh, this was great. I love that Moxley won with a wrestling counter basically, um, you know, so it wasn't just knockouts and things like that. Uh, and then after the match, they're still going at it because they're Moxley and Danielson and out of nowhere, and I was, you know, I had not seen any reports that he would be there. Um, so nothing had been spoiled for me on that one either. Uh, William Regal comes storming to the ring, just ticked off like a dad who's going to, you know, whoop his boy's butts because they're not behaving. Kind of kind of headbutts John Moxley, kind of pushes him with his head more than a headbutt. Um, it wasn't, I, I wouldn't consider that a strike by any means. Um Loved it. Loved just the nonverbal communication they had during this. And then, you know, him saying, knock it off and shake hands, basically. Uh, and then Wednesday night, we go forward to Wednesday night. Uh, Regal has since apologized for missing his timing. He got a little long-winded in his promo. And I did think he was a little rambly in his promo, but it was also very emotional for him. And hey, that happens. Um, Regal's great on the mic and is a pro's pro. So, hey, it happens. Like, whatever. It didn't bother me. And if it rushed anything else in the rest of the show, it it didn't seem obvious to me that that was the reason. Everything felt a little rushed on Wednesday night just because they packed so much into it, like you said. Um, I didn't feel like it was, oh, because Regal went long. Now this is all, you know, shorter. It didn't I, I guess I didn't notice it. He was a little rambly, like I said, but it was very emotional for him with Shivani. Um, but I loved when he finally said enough of that. And he took the mic and you could tell he was like, all right, we need to get into what we're supposed to be doing here and, you know, tell them the story. Um, I, I loved it. I'm loving, loving all of it. What were your thoughts about the pinfall finish and how it came about? Like, I understand Danielson got caught, but it, did it seem just awkward in terms of the positioning a little awkward of the in the positioning and a little awkward a little out of nowhere but i i kind of 
thought that was the story, maybe, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was in the triangle, right? Danielson had him in the triangle. I want, yeah, and, and, and you know, and I thought he did, and, 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 yeah. and or, he, or he came back to a variation of it, and right, I right. thought Mox was going to catch him potentially when he did the, remember the pose, remember I said something like that, I think something's coming with the, with the, with the muscle pose, right. it didn't, it didn't play out here per se, um, but, but, but you can argue that kind of it didn't, if he got, if he caught him in that way, he wasn't in the muscle pose when he did the, when he did the roll through, but yeah. Yeah, I thought... I thought it was interesting, and I liked, like I said, that Moxley won with a wrestling counter. That it wasn't, because uh, you kind of have, like, the fighter and the wrestler in this team, or in this match, I guess, at that point, now now team. Uh, and so I liked that it wasn't a fighting. It was Moxley showing, hey, I can wrestle, too. Um, so I thought that was good. I would have loved if this led to a series of matches between the two, but we all kind of knew that wasn't where it was going. And then the minute Regal came out, you're like, oh, doggy. And I loved seeing Rio come out. That was so awesome. And and it was one of those, like, and we're going to talk about the worst kept secret in wrestling here in a minute. But uh, it was one of those, it made total sense. A, the history he has with both men, which he talks about very, very well on uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, I believe, I I. I know there was a storyline between Dean Ambrose and Regal in FCW, and I think they ended up having a match in FCW, if I remember right. I was watching it at that point. I think they had three. I think they, they had. A, I think they had a trilogy. I was. I, I'm. In the, my brother got the Moxley book. I borrowed it from him when he finished it. I'm halfway through it, but I'm through that part. I haven't picked it up in a couple of weeks, but I've read through that section. Okay, so, yeah. so they did have a number of matches. Um, so there's that. There's you know, <clears throat> Danielson has always, like he said, always talked about Regal. Um, even the maroon being a little bit of an homage uh, to Regal. Uh, I just, yeah, all of it was really good. I think the story they told on Wednesday was really good. I do feel like they've downplayed or have not brought up, at least since Sunday night, Danielson's talking about younger guys to bring along. Although Regal made one comment about younger guys or something like that. So maybe they are going to do a faction here. Um, Look, if you did a... I know we always talk about a four horseman esque, but if you did a four person, four or five person faction with Regal as the JJ Dillon, for lack of a better word, um, not that Danielson or Moxley need anybody to talk for him because those two are great promos, um, but it would still work for me. I, I that would be good. Um, and, and then you still have Regal under contract, and Regal can help you with if Ring of Honor is going to be the developmental uh, to AEW. I mean who better to have on your team for that than William Regal, whether he's on air with Ring of Honor or not, but just behind the scenes helping with it. I mean, you can't make a better hire than William Regal. Yeah, absolutely. I I suppose you could get Triple H, but I don't think he's leaving. So, Um, oh, um, apparently Regal is going to be on Talk as Jericho next week. And uh, Annette said, supposedly Regal discloses some serious health issues on Talk as Jericho next week, which would explain a little bit of his like, I'm not going to be here much longer, which I was a little like, what are you talking about? Like when he was rambling at the beginning of the promo Wednesday night. Um, I, so I'll be, I'm thank you, Annette, for saying that, because again, I think I've said on here before, I don't listen to talk as Jericho regularly um, until there are people that I'm interested in. His guests interest me. Um, and that will be one I will seek out. I will definitely want to check that out. Not only because of what you just said, but just because 
I've always liked William Regal. I've been a fan of that guy since he was in WCW. I have his Lord Steven Regal figure that I bought with the intention of sending to somebody when he was appearing for Evolve kind of regularly. I bought it and I was going to send it to somebody to have get signed at an Evolve show since they don't often come where I live or ever where I live. Um, and uh, then he stopped appearing for Evolve right about the time I got the figure. So that didn't work out. Maybe he'll uh, do some signings somewhere that I can get, get somebody to get it signed for me, or I, maybe I could go and get it signed. That would be really fun. Um, AEW, come to Nebraska. That's what I'm asking you. Uh, sorry, I lost my spot here. Uh, we have the no DQ tornado trios tag match next Sammy Darby and sting over Andrade, Matt and Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah did not take the pinfall here. Matt Hardy did, which set up things on Wednesday kind of makes total sense now. Um, and really probably should have thought about it would have made more sense, but we had the right winners. Both of us picked Sammy Darby and Sting. This, I was not looking forward to. I was very clear last week that I could have cared less about this match, and I got to admit, it was a lot of fun. It, it was a lot of fun. So the first thing that came to mind when this happened here in the semi-main slot, whether it's actually the semi-main event or not, it's clearly not, but um, it brought me back to full gear when they did the Minnesota street fight with the Jericho group and the Lambert group. And it's like they have to put kind of like a clunky, like gimmick match between, you know, whatever. It's not a come down match. Like it's not like Big Show QT was. No, 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 no. Um, I'm sorry, all white QT. But, but, but still, it's like it, it's different from what you're going to get next, I think, and what you got before, which I do think so. But yeah, it, it was bananas. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, uh, two things come to mind. Two things that stick out in this match. Number one, Sting, you're insane, and and kudos to you for like what you're doing because you don't need to do that. Like in the last 15 months since you've debuted in AEW, I think that you've more than earned your money and probably paid dividends for the brand. You think so? Uh, and 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 then why in the world did Andrade El Idolo have a hit out on? Darby Allen when he swung in the chair shot like in the first three minutes of the match? Like that was scary. Like. Yeah. Andrade seems like a guy who is amazing, and he is amazing. I go back to his NXT run and then his feud with Rey Mysterio. Um, but he's scary. Like he his his level of viciousness, whether real or perceived, or a mix of both. And then that chair shot I was visualized is like holy crap. Yeah. Um and and Sting broke a table with his head when he jumped off that balcony. Uh, the the second set of tables, I guess, that was set up, like his face went through that table. At least that's what it looked like to me on the replays and and live for that matter. Um, when I saw him going up there, I'm like, he's not going. Yep, yep, sixty two year old Sting is going to do that. Okay, um, kudos, but don't do that. Like you don't have to. I and I know that's why he did it because he didn't have to, but I, it scares me. Um, it just, I don't, I don't want, you know, Sting's career to come to, to an end on a concrete floor under a pile of tables because he jumped off something like you're not new Jack. Stop it. Um, <laughs> good comparison <laughs> based on the spot. Yeah. Right. Like you're not new Jack. You're not Mark Briscoe. Knock it off. Stop jumping off things. Um, Sammy, I don't Save your jumping off things. Just, you don't have to jump off things all the time. Just save them for big spots like this. 
uh, yeah, it was a lot better. Matt Hardy losing leads to then Wednesday. The AHFO has a meeting. Um, so that meeting that they had, Tom, where they all voted thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, they all voted except why don't the Butcher and the Blade get a vote? It, their vote became actually their vote wasn't well. No, there, it did become. It uh, became apparent when they started beating up Matt Hardy. But. Well, it was it was moot as soon as Private Party Hardy's boys turned behind the back. Right, but when they were when you had three up, three down, Matt Hardy said, "See, I told you, you know, I'm not out of the AHF." Like they were just talking about, like it was done, it was a tie, so he was still in it. I'm like, Butcher and Blade are just standing there, like two bumps on a log, not voting. Like, and I realized they probably it would have been interesting if you would have had one of them vote up and one of them vote down. Like you could have told a story. I don't know something interesting. Um, and Butcher, what's in the water in AEW? Like, Jericho's gotten himself into crazy good shape. Butcher's gotten himself into crazy good shape. Like, kudos to those guys. I mean, that's not easy to do. And um, neither of those are super young guys either. So, um, kudos. Kudos, kudos. Uh, but this sets up Matt Hardy being kicked out of the AHFO on uh, on Wednesday. And Darby and Sting coming to his aid, which, of course, uh, okay. Um, that is what it is. I don't know. Um And then the return of Jeff Hardy, or or the debut in AEW of Jeff Hardy. Um, and I made a comment to you before we clicked record. I don't care about the Hardy Boys. It has zero appeal to me. I don't know why, but I just don't care. I don't know. How, how'd you feel about it, Tom? Did it, did, did it get a pop for you? Jeff Hardy doesn't do that for me. I'll tell you the one thing that I walked away from this whole segment with going is the idea of a Jeff Hardy-Darby Allen match is exciting and scary. But that's about it for me. And and you can tell they're going to do the Hardys like Grand Tour. You're going to get the Hardys versus Darby and Sting. You're going to get the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. You're going to get the Hardys versus FTR. You're going to get the Hardys versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. You're going to you know you're going to see them all. Um, obviously, you're going to see the Hardys versus Private Party probably pretty quickly. Um, Butcher and Blade probably pretty quickly as well. Um, I don't know. It just yeah. And then Sammy, let's talk about Sammy for a second because we don't have anywhere else to talk about this. Um, I was surprised a little bit that Sammy lost the title on Wednesday night to Scorpio Sky. Uh, I really thought that he'd keep it because having a brand new champion against Wardlow next week is weird for me because, but here I mentioned earlier, I'll say what I think happens. I, I think MJF costs Wardlow the match. I don't think Wardlow wins. Um, if it's a clean finish, Wardlow has to win. You can't have Scorpio Sky beat Wardlow right now. Like, no, you can't do that. So I think MJF has to be the one who costs Wardlow. And then that gives Wardlow a reason to say, okay, I was done with you, but now you took the, you know, the chance at me being the TNT champion away. Now I'm going to whoop your rear end. Um, I definitely could see it going that way. But I also think if you're going to have someone – win the title i think i think aw perceives wardlow beating scorpio as the better move because wardlow is now full babyface scorpio is not sammy was you know babyface over heel and and again i i I don't know if it's it's not 50 50 for me i'm probably 65 35 with what you're suggesting um leaning that but i could i could see wardlow also coming out with the belt what whether that whether that lasts a long time or not, I don't know. Sure. And and granted, I think 
if you're going to put the TNT title on Wardlow, I do think moving it to Scorpio makes sense because you're in San Antonio. Sammy's from the Texas area. I think beating Sammy in Texas. If, again, if you were if, if you had Scorpio beat him in Texas, that gets Scorpio heel heat. If you have Wardlow beat him, I think you're going to get him booed, and that's not what you're trying to do. Um, so if you are going to put the title on Wardlow, I, I can see the move too. I also just hope they don't flip the TNT title twice in two weeks. Maybe that's more my hope. Um, and I'm not as high on Scorpio Sky as you are, I know. But I like Scorpio, and I don't want to see his first TNT title run be a nothing totally forgettable. I think you really downgrade him if you do that. Unless you do it in such a way... I, there's probably a way to do it and not downgrade him. But you have to be really careful if you're going to do that, I think, and how you book that. Um yeah, the idea of him being a transitional champion just to go to Wardlow doesn't make me happy. Um, right. Which is part of what makes me think they've waited so long to do it. I, I don't think that's what they're going to do. But I'm curious to watch Wednesday night. I mean, I'll see it Thursday, but um, curious to find out. Uh, and then we get the main event. Uh, Hangman Adam Page defends the title against Adam Cole. I've been on record saying, and I said it earlier already in this episode, Hangman as champion has not clicked for me, but I, this was a really good match. Nothing wrong with the match. I thought it was very, very good. A uh, couple of points, I thought Cole was winning the title, uh, which neither of us picked. You know, we didn't think that was likely at all to happen. Um, I also like that it appears this is going to be an ongoing thing for a little while longer, at least. Um, you know, Cole, I thought Cole had a really good promo on on Wednesday, which is no shock. Adam Cole's a great promo. Um, I I thought it was a perfectly fine main event to a really, really good show. Yeah, and again, take take 30 minutes away from this show in some capacity, and I think that this match is even more revered. Again, it's just this, this is like I've already been to the buffet three times, and now I'm going up for a fourth. How much room do I have left? even though it's all amazing stuff on the buffet. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's a very good way to put it. Because um, I have tore up some buffets in my life. So uh, <laughs> I was thinking of when I was in Vegas right before the pandemic yep. got going in earnest and eating at, uh, I think it was the Bellagio. Maybe it was Caesar's Palace. I don't, it doesn't matter. It was amazing. And I definitely got my, got my money's worth. Yeah. I, uh, we were in Vegas the year before we got married. Uh, we were engaged, but we were uh, not married yet. And uh, with our good friend, Paul, uh, who sadly is no longer with us, and uh, got to share two buffets with Paul, one with the larger group where Paul continually poured champagne into my free mimosa glass. I know you've heard that story, Tom. And then uh, and then another where it was just Katie, myself, and Paul. Uh, we were at the Bellagio uh, buffet, and, and that's a, a memory I cherish because of the time the three of us got to spend together. And um, nobody was... Uh, Spike in my mimosas even heavier that time. Uh, but uh, yeah, the Baggio buffet was pretty darn good. I, that, you know, very, very good. You've uh, heard of Cranky Jim, but the story that preceded that was Loopy Jim. Oh, very Loopy Jim. I <laughs> I walked out of the Paris and I was fine, but somebody in the back kept tipping the sidewalk, you know, side to side. So, um, yeah, it was a whew, thanks, Paul. Miss you, buddy. Um, <laughs> Paul would be an, a, uh, a regular listener of Two Spot Monkeys. I don't doubt if he was here. He would be a very big supporter of yours and I. So, uh, so the, fun, the fun thing we've done at the end of an, uh, an AEW pay-per-view, um, 
whether we have or haven't watched Dynamite that followed that show um, is kind of go, okay, so what do you think the next, the, the next, the, or the three big matches are going to be for the next pay-per-view? So if I recall, right, and I, I should have gone back and listened and I wanted to, but life got in the way. Um, we thought, or I thought, I think the Hangman Danielson was going to be for the show. Clearly it didn't happen because that happened, that played out earlier. Right. I, I think we both felt, or I, or I, 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 I would hedge a close bet that we both thought MJF Punk would be here. We didn't think we didn't think it would be probably the way it folded unfolded. Um, I don't think either one of us said dog collar match. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then I forget what the other would have been for either you or I. Um, again, not not necessarily vitally important today, but now, now knowing what we know now, um, I think I think the argument could be made that we definitely see MJF and Wardlow in an issue going forward. The question is, what does CM Punk do? Um, and that's more of an overarching question because I definitely want to put it back on both of us to go, all right, so look into the crystal ball, end of May, what are the three big matches at uh, Double or Nothing? I think Adam Page, CM Punk. I think that's your main event at Double or Nothing. I think Wardlow, MJF. I, I think that story is going to be hot enough that it's one of the top three. Uh, and I'm going to go, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega. Okay. I'm going to go Adam Cole and Red Dragon versus Kenny Omega and Young Bucks. Okay. Because I think that you hold off on Cole Omega until <laughs> all out. Would make total sense. Yep. So, but we'll, so we'll see there. Um, So I, I don't disagree that I think MJF Wardlow is deserving to be considered up there, but is it one of the top three? I don't, I don't, I don't know that I can say that. Um, so I'm going to say that, that it's Danielson and Moxley either challenging for the titles, whomever the champs may be, or defending the titles in a big match. So that'll be, that'll be the other big piece. Cause I think they're still together then. Yeah. And then and, and I don't see Page versus Punk, but I, but I, but you've laid out great groundwork for it. And again, you've got the guy posing, doing the belt pose. Um, it seems like that makes a lot of sense. And but but the, the the underpinnings are there for the breakup or the disillusion of the Adam Page Dark Order relationship. That that was facilitated more on Wednesday because I, I think it's happening at St. Patrick's Day Slam or it's happening down the road. It's Cole and Red Same Dragon thing. versus Page and Lucha and Jungle Boy. Yeah. So I know in Jungle Boy, as he called them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm finding it very hard to go. I can't, I don't want to agree with you, but I'm hard pressed to say that. Um, your idea doesn't make a lot of sense when you when you think about going, who could punk? Who else could punk have? We haven't had a chance to really piece, piece that out. And who else could possibly elevate to challenge Page in the next, you know, two and a half months? Yeah, and I don't, um, I don't think there's anybody in the Dark Order that could work a pay per view match against Page, right? Um, you know, a, a Dynamite or a Rampage, absolutely. You know, Page versus Johnny Hungy would be, you know, a fun match, but I don't think you can put that on pay-per-view. Um, unless you 
somehow massively build him or he just I know he's over but he would have to catch fire in a bottle lightning in a bottle whatever um massively to make me think you could pull that off at a pay-per-view uh well Tom I know we went a little longer on that than normal do you want to do both of the things that I had after this or or one of them what do you want to we can do both I think I think they'll both be pretty concise we can work we can work to make them short and sweet yep there were a bunch of AEW figures revealed uh over the weekend as well we don't need to go uh, figure by figure at all by any means. Uh, but there was one in particular that I did want to talk about. I know you did too, because um, we both mentioned it last week that we were hoping it would be revealed, and it was. Um, we knew it was coming, but it would be seen for the first time. And that was the Eddie Kingston figure, the first Eddie Kingston figure. Uh, what did you think? Uh, it didn't meet my expectations. Um, and, 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 you know, the design of the figure, to a T. That's Eddie Kingston. Neck down. Not, 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 yeah, not a fan of the, of the of the head scan. Maybe the pictures weren't good. I don't know. Um, you know, I do like when you go to ringside collectibles. Um, even though I have a gripe with them, uh, which we won't talk about necessarily or not. But um, uh, you know what? I'm I might have to risk it, Tom, because they put the goon up on ringside yesterday. I I, I saw that as well. Um, Thirty six bucks though. Yowzers! Uh, grab grab the goon at your own discretion. Um, <laughs> your wallet um <laughs> the, go- the goons holding you up yeah. um i uh when they have like the actual kind of like the computer imagery of the figures that often is a lot better for me so like i'll give you my 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 my, my opinion there like i didn't realize there was a danielson figure that was coming out because i don't think they had an actual like uh like a mock-up sculpt they just had the computer kind of image, like like this, like the, the the artwork, if you will. That looks awesome for Brian Danielson. If I saw that for Kingston, I might have a different opinion. But I saw the actual figure or the the prototype, and I was underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, the face is not great, um, and the chain isn't great. Although in general, on figures, chains always look a lot bulkier. Uh, Mister T's looked that way on Mattel, so it's just something with the way chains get done. I don't fully understand why, but um, so that doesn't annoy me as much because it's just kind of, that's an ongoing problem with figures in general, not just Jazzwares. Um, but uh, yeah, the face on Kingston, not great. The other face I thought was not necessarily great. And I'm curious to see it as it moves along was Taz. Um, the whole got, Taz figure was funny, dude. Yeah, <laughs> He's a little too stocky almost, which is crazy to say about Taz, but like, and then you have Powerhouse Hobbs, who I thought the face looked great on, but definitely not big enough. Like, that's Powerhouse Hobbs on the South Beach diet. Like, what is going on there? Like, he needs to be much bulkier. Um, I did think there were some really good ones, though. Uh, Thunder Rosa looked amazing. I thought her figure looked great. Um, I got to say, I have not ordered it yet. I know it's on back order already. I, I am very tempted to get the Brody Lee and the negative one figure. Um, man, they're playing on the heartstrings with that one. I get it, but uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. And to see the video of Brody Jr. Negative One um, being handed that figure and seeing his dad and him in a figure form, I, cool of AEW to do that. Um, is it a money grab to call it to make it a ringside exclusive? I don't know. I've seen some people call it that. I don't think it would sell at retail as well. So. I, I think ringside is the right place for a figure like that. I think an yeah. exclusive is the right place. So ringside or shop AEW or whatever shop AEW had a Jericho exclusive that went up yesterday and was gone in three minutes. I think um, 
It was a one of 3,000. I thought it looked, it it looked really cool. It looked really cool it, for what it was worth. So, yeah. Um, the other thing I think that's just worth noting in this is um, I think this is the first line of um, Ultimate Supreme yes. or un- Unlimited Supreme or whatever. Um, Unrivaled Supreme. I think Unrivaled. third time was the charm on that one for me. Um, <laughs> you know, Jazzwares' response or attempt to be uh, what WWE is doing with Mattel with Ultimate Edition. Ultimate. Yeah. Um and those figures look amazing. Amazing. I was going to say, the Cody and Britt look great. I probably won't buy either of them. I will order the Malachi Black the very first moment ringside has it up, because I don't know if these will show up in retail real well yet or not. It'll be interesting to see. I'm not going to risk it with Malachi Black. I said the minute he debuted that that was the most toyetic look I had seen in a long time. And man, man, is it a money grab for him to make it a Supreme, his first figure? Nope, um, because you're able to do all of that then by doing a supreme, you know, or or ultimate as Mattel calls them, um, version. I, they said they'll be forty bucks, which means they're going to be probably fifty bucks on ringside. Um, here's my fifty bucks ringside, not a problem. You got it. I'm buying Malachi Black the minute it goes up. Um, that was probably the one that I like the the minute it goes up, I'm in. Um, I feel like there was something else in those. Uh, there is an Owen Hart figure coming. Uh, they've announced officially in uh, one Unmatched Series 6, I want to say it is. Um, but there is an Owen Hart figure. I'm going to be pretty tempted to grab the first Owen Hart figure in a long, long, long time. Um, Private Party has got figures coming. Uh, FTR has got more coming. I believe Garcia has one coming. Uh, they're, they're they're delving into the roster to get get figures out for a lot of these folks, which is great. I love that. Um, a number of the upcoming lines, while well, they still got one or two, um, you know, Moxleys or Jerichos or Omegas or Bucks or something, um, they're getting a lot of the other characters going, which is great. Yeah, uh, the AEW figure universe is definitely expanding. Yes. So, oh, my wallet, my wallet, my wallet. Um, and then NXT 2.0, just wanted to touch. You haven't seen, oh, Yes. Yeah, no, just speaking of your wallet, I just I want to, you and I have, of course, had this offline, just wanted to let our listeners know, I was able to secure tickets, uh, a ticket, because I'm going by myself, to AEW in Detroit uh, in June, so I'm pumped up about that, but I, I'm bringing that up now because of your comment, my wallet, my wallet, my wallet, um, that ticket was stupid expensive, but it's, it's the first chance I literally have to go to AEW without really having to travel out of state, so I'm pumped up, I'm grateful that I was able to grab something in the pre-sale yesterday and I look forward to having that experience live and then coming back here and talking about it, um, you know, months down the line. I also, my wallet, my wallet, my wallet, then had to make the decision to buy a standing room only for GCW in April, which they're also coming to Detroit. And Minoru Suzuki was already on there. Bandito was already on there. And then they added the Briscoes. And I was like, I wouldn't say that the Briscoes like sealed the deal for me, but like those tickets went fast when they went on sale last Friday. So much to the point where I'm kicking myself because I could have gotten a uh, an equal ticket and had a seat if I made the decision last Friday or Saturday versus waiting until yesterday. But all of my fun money got blown yesterday. I got zero dollars in fun money. I can rub two nickels together, and that's about what I have. So, um, it, which is a funny story because we're we were talking to my kids a couple of days ago. My 16-year-old daughter, who is going to be 17, and she's almost wrapping up driver's ed. I apologize for telling the story, and we already are going long, but I think it'll it'll make sense in the end, um, or someone will just relate to it. She goes, 
you know, when I make my money doing the jobs I do, and literally it's literally limited to like people's houses that she cleans on a very infrequent basis or like babysitting because she, she just finished basketball season. She goes, I put 70% in the bank. I keep 20% for me to be able to use at my discretion. And then I give 10% to charity. And we're like, that's great. And, 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 she, and we said to her, but that's still not enough to get you towards your goals. Like you don't always have to just hold 20% for yourself. Yes, you want to have fun. Yes, you want to grab Jimmy John's. Yes, you want to go see a movie on a half day with your friends. But we as adults, like we don't just go get our money and go, great, 20% off the top, that's my fun money. doesn't work like that when you're an adult. So start adapting that practice when you're a kid. Um, even as tough as it is, it's a 16-year-old. Um, it'll help you down the line to be a little bit more fiscally responsible. And most of my kids are. Um, I digress. So no fun money for dad, no phone, no little, little fun money for the kids. Um, I joked with you last week when out with all these on sale dates, I said, I need a second job. <laughs> I have one and I still need a third job. Um, but, uh, it was funny. Someone said, I don't know where I heard this, your side hustle to your side hustle. And my yeah. son goes, what's a side hustle? <laughs> I can tell them all about it with my trivia company. So, uh, yeah. and uh, But look at the bright side, Tom. You now have from now until June to uh, start saving some nickels because it's only going to cost you about 300 bucks in gas to go to Detroit twice. So uh, there's that. Yay. <laughs> yeah, sorry to sorry to throw that on you. Uh, you already paid all this for tickets, and now you got to figure out how in the world to drive over there. Um Thankfully, Warrior Wrestling is going to be literally right. in my backyard. I was going to say, thankfully, Gasper, yes, that should only be 20 bucks or so to go around the corner. I said literally, but that's not a true statement. It's not literally <laughs> going. They're not literally coming. They're going to set up the ring in my backyard, and people are going to sit on the roof of the house and the garage and <laughs> hang in the tree branches and watch the – no. They'll, they'll sit in the neighbor's yard. That'll be good. Um, we'll leave that at that and not go into that. Um, yeah, if they were coming to your house, I'd probably make it over to Grand Rapids because that would be awesome. Um but uh, yeah, I you know, it'll, like I said, it'll only cost you twenty bucks to go across town for that. So, um, sorry, this isn't a gas price podcast, and I, I and I definitely don't want it to go political because it shouldn't be. Um, but uh, hey, save your nickels, folks. Gas is expensive. That's all I'm saying. Uh, NXT 2.0. We were just going to touch on that real quick. Um, we won't go to the whole thing because Tom's got some of the show to see yet, but the ending of it was spoiled for him, so we can talk about that real fast. Dolph Ziggler is your new NXT champion. Wah, wah. What? What the hell? <laughs> That's my only response. What the hell? Yeah, I, I, I don't. So the only thing, and, and we really don't have to spend much time beyond this, unless you have a, a, a different response to what I'm going to say. And again, why, 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 why is the entity Dolph Ziggler that 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 meets this need or, or provides this platform? My opinion is Dolph Ziggler is a star, and Dolph Ziggler coming down and winning this title, and then Braun Breaker winning it back in Dallas makes his star bigger. Yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I agree. That's what they're doing. I, I don't. I don't think beating Dolph Ziggler means anything. You've spent the last 10 years of our lives, maybe more, telling us that beating Dolph Ziggler doesn't mean anything. 
So now you've said that Dolph Ziggler went down and, and got kind of a little bit of a fluky-ish win. He didn't pin breaker, which is normally that bothers me in triple threats, but in this case, I'm actually okay with it. Um, and and I maybe I've spoiled that little piece for you, Tom. But no, um, I, I saw I saw the clip. I saw the clip. Um, which which is at least okay because you're not having Dolph Ziggler beat Braun Breaker, which would just be mind blowingly stupid. Um, the only other thing I thought is, you know, Breaker worked raw on Monday. Um, did Vince get a look at him and go, "Oh, we got to get that guy on the main roster," um, and you know. They're gonna, that was my terrible Vince impersonation, by the way. Um, you know, and so they're not going to put it back on Breaker, and they're going to move him up to the main roster after Mania. Uh, look, Braun Breaker is, is a future star. I think they have a, a real chance to do something with him. Uh, I think I read that Tuesday night was his 19th match. Um, so let's let him be the champ in NXT and work with a lot of folks that can help him get better. I thought the perfect thing to do would have had Breaker win that match, have Gunther come out and attack him after, and now you set up Gunther and Breaker to be maybe a longer-term thing, maybe not even just to stand and deliver, let it go a little while. For me, and this is just me, and again, not not everything's for everybody, right? Um, Some people didn't like the CM Punk entrance because they weren't Ring of Honor fans, so they didn't get it. It wasn't for you. That's okay. Um, this isn't for me. That's okay. Maybe some people really like it. That's okay. But for me, Gunther attacking him, Gunther versus Braun Breaker would have felt like a, I know they don't use the word takeover anymore, but would have felt like a takeover main event. Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker did not feel like a takeover main event. That feels like if you're lucky at Tuesday night main event. I just, yeah. I, I when I, It was spoiled for me before I had seen the show too, because I'm an idiot and don't stay off social media. Um, but to be perfectly honest, I didn't expect anything quite that level happening Tuesday night. So I didn't think I'd have to stay off social media. Um, and I saw it and went, huh? What? Shake my head. It just, the whole NXT, it's like, how, how have they fallen? And again, there's, there are talented people there and there are not horrible stories there. Mm -hmm. The things like this are just going, uh, And it, and and so thanks for sticking with us for on an hour and a half, and we're sorry to end on a down note. Right, right. But uh, we'll be back next week with. Uh, gosh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, Tom. But don't well, worry, something will happen. This, and one more thing, and I meant to bring this up in the in the Brian Danielson Moxley match, um, yeah. and it's been on my mind for weeks, and I just haven't found the right spot. So since we're already in Negativesville, I'm gonna gonna bring one more one more crap one more turd to the table. Um, <laughs> Uh, Brian Danielson's music. Why did they decide to put a, uh, an audio track uh, in embedded into it? And why? And why? And that does that completely does not fit his character. And is that just me, or or is that you too? Gosh, I'm gonna have to go back and listen. I guess I haven't noticed it. Yeah. So like when you think so from his debut until like I don't know early February, maybe late January, it was just kind of like Flight of the Concords it, with 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 kind of a hip hop beat in in into it, right? Um, or up or an up tempo beat, and then recently, I'm gonna guess it's been the last month. They've added an audio track, or they've added, or they've added like lyrics to it, and it's like, I hate it. I like, I don't hate much. I hate that. I hate it. Like, so if they come out a team and they don't come out separately, they better come out to freaking Moxley's music because that <laughs> new Brian Danielson theme, it, it can go. 
I think they should just come out to Final Countdown. But you know, uh, Tony looked at Tony Khan looked into that, and and Europe wants some stupid number um, for every time they use it, so it, it wasn't financially feasible. Obviously, Wild Thing uh, didn't want the the artist there didn't want quite as much for that. So um, he's proven that he's willing to pay for it. I'm sure he had to pay AFI, AFI something uh, for Sunday night as well, and money well spent, as we said before. So. Well, maybe there'll be a third version, Tom, that they can uh, come up with that, that you don't hate. Um, now I'm going to have to do a little research and, and listen to that. Well, on that, Kurt Berger. <laughs> I, I want to uh, say, I apologize in advance to your ears. <laughs> I'm not getting anything through. I said, I apologize in advance to oh, your ears. Oh, I thought you were playing it right now, actually. No, the, no, the way no. I saw you, I thought you were about to click. I'm like, I'm not hearing anything. Yeah, uh, which, which me saying I apologize in advance to your ears would make sense that I'd be playing audio afterwards. But no, I'm going to let you live. I'm going to let you live that dream on your own or walk okay. that nightmare. That's, I will, uh, I will definitely do that later today. All right. Well, we have gone an hour 32. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. We'll be back next week with, I don't know, maybe a freestyle episode. Maybe we'll review something. Who knows? We'll see what we're feeling like. Um, uh, we'll have definitely more conversation towards WrestleMania and all of the events coming. Uh, maybe we'll even talk sometime. I'd love between now and then before our massive show on the 31st that won't have any time. I'd love to talk about a few of the, uh, other matches going on that weekend in GCW and, and other places. Um, I think there's some, some interesting things going on that we won't have a chance to talk about that weekend. So, um, I don't know if you saw, uh, Black Label Pro, I'll just throw one out at you and I'm going to leave it on this and then we can just think about it for a week. Uh, has the workhorsemen of Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake against the faces of fear of Haku and the Barbarian. Awesome. I would wow. Love, I would love, this, wow. I would like, love, love to see it. I, I, I want to sit down and talk to the person who even has that thought in their head to book that match. Like, that's amazing. Um, everybody be safe. Stay warm if it's cold where you are. It's been cold here and snowy, but it's supposed to get warmer again because um, it's March in Nebraska, and that's just what it does. Um, but stay safe, everybody. We'll talk to you next week on Two Spot Monkeys Live.